I don't know what to say if I am, I don't know if the first word should be uh, honored, humbled. I, I don't know, but maybe those two comes to mind because I've heard about this place for a few years and uh, conversations with uh, David and Julie and it's everything they said it was and more. So you guys are truly blessed. But I'm here for a different reason, and I, I am humbled. And, uh, and I want to, first of all, thank you for loving on me, your kindness. That, that really means a lot. And I really don't feel like I'm a, I'm a stranger because I know about a lot of you more than you think. And uh, when your pastor is crying because there's problems in your lives and we're chatting and he would say, pray for this one. Add this to your prayer list. That's what a pastor does. That's what a good shepherd does. And you don't know how fortunate and blessed you are to have such a shepherd. I mean, we've known each other 10 years, but when you're in a congregation like this one with different backgrounds, you have a shepherd that I know who loves you, but he's also transparent, and you don't find that often in churches. You know, sometimes we look at the leaders as someone who doesn't have issues or problems, we all have them. But what we have in common is that we serve a God and that we know that we can go and put those problems at the feet of the cross and knowing that he will take care of them. Amen? So don't ever think that you have no one that's looking out for your soul and praying for you even in the midst of what they may be going through because you do have that in David Butler. I can guarantee you that. So always honor that because it's something that you should cherish. Amen? So we're going to get to it. I am, uh, there's been a lot of honor for the women. And I was thinking the other night after Dave and I was, I can't remember which conversation we had. And if you guys, you probably know this about him. And that is, he'll call and he'll say, hey, you got about 15 minutes? And I said, well, I do, but I know you don't have 15 minutes of a conversation. <laughs> and so, and I said, oh, it's just going to take 10 minutes. And 45, one hour later, we're still talking. Give or take, give or take. But it's just so, it's, anyway, but, uh, uh, but what I want to say is that I was thinking the other night about this month that uh, you are honoring the women of this house. And I was thinking, have I ever heard of such an honor for women for a month? And I've been in church practically all of my life, and I've never heard of such a thing. And I thought, that tells you right there that you are outside the norm. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And I said, Lord, I don't think I've ever heard of that. So I want to honor the men for honoring the women. Because you stepped up. 
and, uh, and God sees that. So, uh, and I went through some of the videos, and I was listening to some of the, uh, the messages that some of the, uh, the women of this church gave, and I thought, you don't need me. You, got, you have ministers here in, in this house. But it's, it's, anyway, I'm just, just honored. So what are we going to talk about today? I've been going over this for two months, and the Lord has changed the topic and, and, um, three times. And if you're uh, a teacher, a preacher, that's very disturbing when God changes your message. And, and the other thing I thought, too, and I'm going to say this before I get started, I thought, okay, he wants me to do the climax of this celebration, and they're eating. What do people do once they eat? They get sleepy. And then I went yesterday and I Googled, when is the Cowboys next game? And I said, oh, good Lord, is it noon? And I thought, this is a setup, and I saw that it was later. But I know there was a game at noon somewhere. So I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't win. You're going to have people snoring. You're going to have body noises coming out. And you're going to have people looking, saying, when is she going to get done? Because there's a game coming. Please humor me, humor me, and, you know, like they say, fake it till you make it. Just pretend like, you know, you're halfway full or halfway hungry. And the other thing I would ask of you, and that is, is I'm giving you permission to say amen. amen. Talk back to me. Talk back to me because I'm interactive and I, I need to know that I'm I'm, I, I got you, okay? So you have permission, whatever amen corner you want, you have permission to say, amen, sister, yeah. And one day, Dave, if he hasn't done already, he's going to give a message on what the word amen means. Amen? Amen. Okay. So now let's get started. Have you ever thought, and this is just an icebreaker, have you ever thought what it would be like if we were born... Uh, Form as adults, perhaps age 35 to 40. Has that ever crossed your mind? Well, I'm a little quirky sometimes, and I thought, well, if we were born age 35 or 40, that way we can bypass a lot of drama in our lives, you know, the teenage years, the what they call it, the ugly twos, and all of that stuff. And we could have that drama out, and we will have more wisdom under our belt. Well, when you think about it, at 35 or 40, you're not that much wiser anyway. You're not. But the reality is this, that human nature is naturally self-consumed. Instead, what God did was that he formed us in a state of complete dependency. And you know why he did that? It's because he's a God of process. You're going to hear this word throughout. He's a God of process. It's liking it to our life in Christ. You know, Christianity is not a closing ceremony. Uh, the process begins with the new birth. So the process requires change of a mindset. And I know you've heard a message on mindset. Have they? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the process requires a change of mindset to conform our will to an all-knowing and all-loving and all-perfect God. So remember, remember when we were born again, our mind, our will, and our emotions were not born again. 
That's why the mindset change is needed, because we have to conform old thought processes, old traditions that did not align up to biblical principles, and we have to conform those to the will of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So this process is a profession of growing. It's a profession of changing, of embracing and replacing and listening to God's voice and living out who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. Now, one thing we know is that this is a body, and I, I'm assuming most of you are, are Christians, but here is something we need to really make sure. We can come to this gathering, and you come week after week, but when the Word of God is preached to you, you should leave differently. And what, you, what was received, we don't check it off the box and say, I went to church check mark that's done there should be a change in us and that change is lived out in our lives and others will be able to see it that's what Christianity is about it's not about just coming because we're coming yes but true Christianity is what you do outside of this beautiful building how you live your lives what your your care that's true Christianity in here it's easy to love Jesus but when you have the challenges outside of here, and I tell my kids and uh, youth group that you have to decide quickly how you're going to respond. Amen? Amen? So this message is about securing your identity in Christ through acknowledging who you are in him and recognizing the seasons of your life. Who you are is about identity and it talks about the seasons. And my text is coming from, if you want to take notes, uh, Colossians uh, 2, uh, chapter 2, 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So remember, we talked about a mindset change. Why do you think it's difficult for, him, for us to, to resist or embrace change? By nature, we don't like it. Most of us don't change until we have to. We go to the dry cleaners and we come home and we tell our spouse that they shrunk the clothes, that the pants and the skirt and the dress don't fit because the dry cleaners did it. Or you put them in the dryer and the dryer shrunk your clothes. There's a change. You need to change. Another change is that you received an unfavorable uh, report from the doctors. And now you see that you're going to have to make a lifestyle change. That's a change. That's a forced change. And something that's not as comical is that perhaps a change is needed when you start owning your issues. Yeah, owning your issues. We all come from dysfunction in some way. And oftentimes we still blame what mom, dad, aunts, and what others did. And I'm not denying or making light of that. But at some point, we have to accept this is the reality, but that's, I'm not going to live there. You can't live there and move forward. You can't. So that's change. And change, for a lot of us, is... Uh, it's uncomfortable. 
Another way we can uh, change is, is that we can, change can be good is that it makes us look at our mistakes and it can be a gift to us because it helps us realize the potential. So sometimes even in our mistakes, we realize, say for an example, someone had an issue with alcohol and maybe he or she saw what it was doing to the family, the demise of the family. And so looking at those mistakes created that potential for change. But in order to master change in any area of our lives, we must understand our identity. Because we can change, but changing for the sake of change is overrated. We must know as Christians, you must know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you can keep going around the same mountain over and over again. Because whether we realize it or not, and I'm probably jumping ahead, we're all in a transition and we're all in some season of life. You may or may not be aware of what that season is for you, but we're all in a season. Amen? Amen. So the prerequisite, you did it. The prerequisite of our identity can be found in godly priorities by, align by aligning our everyday lives to biblical truth. Remember I said, when you leave here, you take in what the Word of God says, and you make the change that's needed. You don't come up to the pastor, oh, that was a good message, and it probably was. But what are you going to do? Because once you hear the word, the word says you're responsible for it. You're, res you're accountable for the truth of what you heard. Amen? So we're going to talk about identity. And I want to use a, uh, a, a person in the Bible who has probably more issues than most. Some, oftentimes we think of Peter. And he had his set of issues. And we think about David, and he had his set of issues. But I want to talk about Jacob. And, uh, and Jacob had a set of issues that, was, that, that ranged from dysfunction in the family to being a schemer, to being a, a name changer. Most of you have heard the story, but I have to assume that maybe... Jacob may not, you, you may not be familiar, and I'm going to just give you just a snippet of who Jacob was. You're, we all know who Abraham was. He's the father of, um, of nations that God assigned him to. Jacob was the grandson of, um, of Abraham and Sarah. And Jacob had a twin brother whose name was Esau. And the Bible says that even when uh, Jacob's uh, father's name was Isaac, and you know there were two Initially, two sons, uh, and of course, but anyway, uh, but he had two sons, and so Isaac married uh, Rebecca, and they had a set of twins, Jacob and Esau. The Bible says that Jacob, even in the wound, was grabbing on to his older brother's heel, and it referred to him as a heel grabber. So Jacob, even in the womb, was trying to get to power and get out before the brother. Uh, here is where the dysfunction comes in. Isaac favored Esau, a parent. And Jacob uh, was favored by his mother, Rebecca. Why? But it was. And I believe... And, uh, and Dave and I will probably have this conversation next week about it. I believe the reason is because 
uh, Esau could, uh, and, and Isaac had more things in common. You know, you have one kid that you, you both like fishing and, you, and, and he, you know, and you kind of do more with that because of the common interest. But I think that was probably why. And then Jacob was a little bit more refined. The Bible described Esau as hairy. And he also said that he was ruddy and red. And I thought, red, what was that? Well, I figured it out. He didn't wear sunscreen. And so he was red. But it was a very distinct difference in their appearance. And Isaac stayed in the home and worked with his mom. And so Esau liked to go out and hunt, bring it in. Isaac liked to go and manage the aspects of it. So that was the difference between them. To make this story even shorter, years went by, and Esau goes out, and he hunts, and he brings something in, and he's very hungry. And so he's ravishing, obviously, so he tells Isaac. Isaac had, of course, I mean, I'm sorry. Jacob had prepared a meal, and so Esau's telling his brother, uh, give me some of that stew. And, and, and Jacob said, huh, I have an idea. He said, give me some stew. He said... I'm hungry, I'm hungry. So Jacob said to him, I'll give you some stew if you give me your birthright. Well, birthright is huge because the oldest son gets twice the blessings as the other. Other thing I realized in this story, Esau wasn't that bright. If he was favored by his father, all he had to do was say, Daddy, Jacob is trying to, uh, uh, wants to steal my birthright because he was favored. But he, he wasn't that smart. So guess what he did? He sold his birthright to his brother for some stew. He did that. Years go by, and I'm ending this story here. Years go by, and what happens? Isaac realized that he's getting old. Well, he knows he's getting old and he can't see. So he tells uh, Esau, go out and hunt and bring me some meat and prepare it. And when you come back, I'm going to pronounce the blessing on you because you're the older. He tells that to Esau. Well, Rebecca hears what the, the conversation. She goes to Jacob and says, this is what your father's going to do. You got to go and you got to pretend because I want you to have the blessing. That's what she does. So she's conniving with her other son. And Jacob clearly thought, how can we do this? Dad knows that we're different. Well, she had this scheme about putting some skin that she had and putting it on him and making him feel rough and all of that stuff. And they go in, and long story short, Isaac, uh, uh, it's kind of interesting because Isaac didn't believe that that was who it was end up, he ended up pronouncing the blessing on Jacob. So Jacob had to leave because when, I, when they got wind of it, his life was on the line. So his mother said, you go, and you can go stay with my, my brother, and yada, yada, yada. Well, what he did was he went to live with the brother, and the brother was a bigger schemer than Jacob. Jacob met his match. So it goes to show you that what goes around comes back. And, um, 
And so, of course, uh, Jacob has this experience. He had to work for him for over 20 years. There's wives involved, deceit, dishonesty, all of that. Okay, don't want to bore you with any. Jacob decides, I'm going to leave and take all of my family. We're going to go. And he, he take them. They cross the brook. He's taking a nap. And then this man shows up, and, the, and he's fighting with this man. Some theologians saying it was a man. Some say it was an angel. Some said it was Jesus. Regardless, he was fighting. And he said, don't, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. He knew that this was a God experience. And here, when God is about to make some changes. For over 20 years, we can be believers and still walking in unbelief in many areas of our lives and not fulfilling what God has for us. So for over 20 years, even though Jacob was smart, even though he, he uh, made his uncle wealthy, but for 20 years, he would not put his issues down and deal with the truth. And we can do that as believers that we keep going around in the same. So his uncle was a schemer. He was a schemer. Here, schemers trying to out-scheme each other. And then you got wives involved. Now you got kids, 11 kids involved. All of that. And it doesn't, where is that getting us as believers? It's not getting us anywhere. But God, in the middle of all of this, God was with Jacob, even during his deceiving years, even doing the years that he was making money. He, and God is that way with us. Regardless of what we're going through, God never left him. God was not pleased with what he did, but God is a God of love. And he never left Jacob because knew, he knew that at some point, Jacob was going to have to come to the end of himself. And that's what he does with us. He's waiting and he's waiting and he's merciful and he's patient. Because for many of us, we kind of think we have it all together and we know it. But we really don't. If Christ is not in it, it's just us trying to fool everybody else. Amen? So Jacob have, comes to grips with this man. And the man asked Jacob, but the angel of Christ said, what is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. And uh, Jacob said, well, what is your name? He said, why do you want to know my name? He wouldn't tell him. But guess what happened? There was an incident where he punctured his hip joint. And the Bible says from that time forward, Jacob always walked with a limp. And I believe what that signifies is that it just that encounter when Jacob discovered his true identity. It took all those years and all the mistakes for Jacob to come to himself and say, this is my God. Because sometimes we believe, even as Christians, in order to come to God, that we have to be perfect, that we have to have all of our issues taken care of. And God is saying, no, you come how you are. You don't clean up your issues because if you could clean them up, you wouldn't need me. You come as you are, and I will work with you to clean. I will put the people in your life to help you. Amen. Amen? So don't despise that. So even with that, Jacob came to a point where he knew who he was in God. He knew because he came from a religious background, and you would think in that lineage that he would 
No. But just because his father served him and his grandfather did not mean that Jacob had the same appeal. Jacob had to find out on his own, just like all of us. Just because you live in a Christian home or you grew up, it doesn't mean that you're going to follow that model even though it was modeled in the home. You have to know the, the, this uh, true and living God for you. And even though Jacob knew it, he had to come to that place. Amen? Amen. So God blessed the real Jacob. He blessed the, frust the frustrating Jacob. He, he blessed the fake Jacob because that's who he is. That is the God that we serve. So you see, Jacob had always been a heel grabber, but now God was grabbing onto him. Amen? So we can spend our life clutching and clawing and fighting, but what we really need is for God to grab us, for grace to grab us. He was born grasping at heels, and that's how he lived his life. But now God was holding on to him, and he was holding on to God and the, because God was the only one who could truly bless him. Many of you uh, are uh, w without a doubt, are successful in your careers, and, and that's great. And just always remember, you didn't get that on your own. You're not, you're not that smart. You didn't get that. You didn't get that on your own. You know? You didn't. You have to put God in the fake and the good and acknowledge that. You didn't. When I worked in corporate America, I worked at... Uh, uh, a, a large bank and uh, worked there for over 28 years and worked from had the privilege to work from home and uh, made a six-figure income so I was you know but deep down I always thought I'm really not that smart and one day they're gonna figure it out <laughs> as I worked from home I hid under but and I was always in the know I trained my manager and all of that and then one day Three years ago, I get the call, and I'm thinking, I was so unprepared, so I thought. Tell you what happened. Six months prior to that, and I'm totally getting off the lesson now, six months prior to that, I made a uh, decision that I wanted to do something different in the company. And I uh, spoke to two friends of mine who were Christians, and I said, this is what I think I want to do, and I'm going to, I want you to be my um, support. And I'm going to do all this training and all of that. And so, and in six months, I think I will have enough training under my belt to do something very different because I was a technology project manager. So anyway, I thought, okay, so I want you to be my accountability partners. And... Um, we did that, and I was four months into what my self-serving training, and, and then I get the call. And I'm thinking, not me, because I train everyone here. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There was a season in my life that I, I was trying to help God with the season, like Jacob was and, some, and we do, but God had another plan. But God is faithful. God is faithful because little did I know that God had a, another plan for me because I was not going to quit the job. 
because I thought I could just move into something else. And I'm going to tell you something that's very important that I learned, and hopefully you get this. You don't just quit a job. You are there because you're ordained and you're assigned by God. God has a person or a group or someone there for you to interact and minister to. So if we, you have to know and ask God, who is that person that I am to be their help with? But if we go and just move from job to job, you will never complete the assignment that you're in in the marketplace. You'll never, you'll never do it. Because the issues that you had with that person, you're going to have it with the other person. And sometimes God will allow that person on that site for you to make some changes. Because maybe there's some things we need to change. And, and he's allowing that for us to make changes. So just remember, and this was a lesson that I learned a very long time ago, we're always in a season and God, and you're, and you're assigned in that on that job. And just remember, you just know, God, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? But you are, they will either come to you or God will let you know. But you are to be a blessing, not overpowering. Not, I'm not telling, going out there preaching. I'm just saying, you are. And if you do that, God will be faithful to you. Because what he did to me. I was aware who the people were in my life, and he was faithful to me where, yes, I was let go. But guess what? What I did know was I got a really nice severance, and I was able to pay my house and all my bills. And he said to me, now I want you to use for a season, go and do the work for me. And that's what I've been doing. You see, so God has a plan. We just have to participate in the plan. So here we are with Jacob. He's finally getting the plan. He's finally understanding, okay, the God of my father, the God of my grandfather, I'm going to serve him. But Jacob had to go through seasons of humility. He had to go through seasons of reaping what he sowed. He had to go through that. Because in order to do that, there are seasons in our lives. And what I don't want any of us to do is to just go through life thinking, I've done this, I've done that. It's always, God, why am I here? What is the purpose for this season? And what is it I need to learn? And what is it I need to change? And what is it I need to stop doing? And what is it I need to start doing? We need to know that because if we don't know, then what we're going to do is get upset because we're going to always look back when things were better. Well, that season is over because we will have seasons of prosperity, of, of, but you may have a, a season of drought, and you need to embrace that season and be thankful even in that season and learn why you're in that season. Because if you don't, you're going to be like the children of Israel, and you're going to go around and around. You're going to keep, you know, people and some of us that we keep having the same issues. And you wonder why. It's because they haven't learned. It's like, what I need, what is it I need to learn? I don't like to learn a second lesson. I just don't have time. I want to know it up front because I don't want to repeat it. Because it's a time waster. I never forget my mom. I was always in church, but we went to church, but that's how we did. We just went because that's what you do. And, uh, and my mom, um, 
I never forget several years before she passed away, uh, she said to me, um, I, regret, I, I regret that I've lost so much time that I was just doing things, thinking it was for God, but I was just more religious than anything else. And I said, Mom, I said, you can't undo it. You just be grateful and you do the best you can with what's left. We all have regrets. We do. But I want to say, recognize the seasons. And, 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 and if you are, if your identity is in what you do, where you live, how much you make, what you drive, it can all be gone. Your identity should always be in Christ. Amen? So I'm going to close with this. <laughs> what do you need from God? We all want God to do something in our lives. Maybe we want healing. We do. Some of us need uh, we need a touch in our body. Maybe you need, uh, you got some kids that's acting, you know, not the way they should. Uh, maybe there's some issues in, in your home. But what do you, I just want you to just think about this. What is it you need from the Lord? And if you came from a background uh, where you thought, God didn't have time. My issues is not that important. He has much bigger things. No. You're special. You were specially created for his purpose. And if Jesus had to die all over again just for you, he would do it. So I want a show of hands. Who really, really wants a closer walk with the Lord? All of us should have. Okay. Who, who's struggling with some health issues? Okay. Be honest. Finances. Cool. Wow. Just, okay. Family issues, marital problems, kids. You're having that. Yeah. God is concerned about that. And all he wants us to do it's so simple, is to put it at the feet of the cross and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And if the enemy of your soul, remember I said earlier that the soul, your mind, will, and emotions were not born again, so that must be renewed to the will of God. You have to live your life out in biblical truth. So I want to... If you would allow me, I want to pray for those issues, those that we have a greater walk, and those that are having issues in, in their body, maybe family members, those who are having problems in their homes or their children, because God is a God of love, and if it concerns you, it concerns him. And he wants to do that in your life. You just got to believe him. Do you believe him? He really is real. You know, part the song that says, what a beautiful name it is. I mean, 
when I think even what God has done in my life, and trust me, I have not been perfect like you, you haven't either. But just to know the goodness of God, the goodness of God, and how he loves you. And he wants that for you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. And I know David said this. He's not mad at you. You can't do enough. He may be disappointed in some choices you've made, but he's not mad at you. And he hasn't turned his back on you. It doesn't matter where you are in this walk. There's still room. Amen? It's an ongoing relationship. That's what Christianity is. And it happens when you leave this building and how you treat people and how you love people. You love the unlovable. Amen? So bow your head and uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your, your time. Thank, thank you for the opportunity to, to be here. Lord, I count it such a privilege to represent you. And I thank you for this body of believers who have allowed me to, to speak your word into their lives. Lord, I thank you that blinders will be removed from eyes and their, their ears will be open to hear your truth. Lord, I thank you that there are so many that raised their hands to say they want a closer walk. And Lord, you saw that. And I know that heaven is rejoicing a closer walk with you. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to give them the tools and the resources to make it happen. And I bind any spirit of, of darkness that's trying to come against your mind and your will and emotions. But your mind and your will and emotions will conform to that of Christ. Lord, I thank you for those who are having issues in their bodies. Lord, we know that sickness is not from you. You are not teaching us anything. Lord, that we know is from the pit of hell. And Lord, I speak life into every unclean area. Lord, every from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, just touch your body where you're having issues and just say, Lord, I declare and decree healing in this place in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for family restoration. I thank you, Lord, for kids that may have gone astray. Lord, I thank you for reconciliation because you reconciled us through Christ. And Lord, I thank you for a healing over this place and this, and, this, and this church. Lord, I thank you that you have shown me even in prayer that this congregation, the gathering, is a setup by you and that they're going to do great exploits for you. And Lord, I thank you. I declare and decree that your spirit will always hover. Bless the leadership team. Lord, I thank you because I know that it starts from the top down. And I thank you and I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. And all that believe can say... God bless you.